UFOs, Bigfoot, paranormal input. Go ahead now, get mystical. Mystery and magical. UFOs, not typical. Bigfoot, not typical. You ask me why I'm skeptical. I say questions are questionable. Is the truth alien to you? Alien to get my message through. Aliens might message you. Aliens are sliding through. The wild signal we're plotting to. Algorithms they find is true. Typical. Skeptic. Shut Got no time for no petty turns, pandemic, a pandemic turn, horror still in Amityville, Bayonet in Gettysburg, Mothman, TNT, Factory, Red Eyes, Blue Dog Man, Howling in the Street, I'm typically skeptic of what I see, Voodoo Hoodoo in New Orleans, Thunderbird, Swamp Thing, is it real, I was wondering, typical, skeptic, show, typical, skeptic, show. Go ahead, take it. Hey guys, welcome back to the Typical Skeptic channel, their Typical Skeptic podcast. Um, I have a fascinating guest with me today. I'm going to hold up her book so you guys can see it. It's uh, You might have saw her on Michael Sala's podcast, or uh, she's been on other podcasts too. She's been kind of doing the podcast tour with her book. Like um, Her name is Jen, Jen Sullivan, or JLF Sullivan. And the book is called Child of the Universe, and it's it's fascinating. And for you guys that watch my podcast, you will know Jen. Jen was the subject of Sarah Bressman Cosme, who I've had on my show. The show did really well. If you haven't seen that episode, go back and watch it. Sarah was the hypnotist who put um, Jen under, and they did quantum healing hypnosis sessions. And Jen came up with all this fascinating information about her past lives in Atlantis and Lemuria. And Sarah told us about this on the last podcast, but through this podcast, we're going to get to know exactly about Jen's book, Child of the Universe, and like a little bit more in detail what exactly happened in these sessions and what exactly happened in Atlantis and Lemuria far times back. So I think that's a good, and, and a little bit more about my guest, um, Jen Sullivan. Is, uh, uh, it's her personal journey in the world of past lives and healing. It's been detailed in her debut novel, Child of the Universe, and in the book, A Hypnotist Journey to Atlantis by Sarah Bresman Cosme. Before her fortuitous encounter with the metaphysical, JLF Sullivan worked as a journalist in America, Europe, and in the Middle East. Wow. And, in, and also as a business owner and middle school teacher in the Florida Keys. JLF Sullivan holds a master's degree in international journalism from London City University, an MSc in Development Studies from the University of London, as well as a bachelor's in Fordham University in International Studies. Currently, she is working on her second book, A Gift of the Stars, a continuation of Child of the Universe, She's building an off-grid homestead in Hawaii with her family. And I want to give her a big warm welcome to the show. Jen, thank you for joining me. How are you? Thank you so much. I'm doing great. I'm happy to be here with you today talking. Yeah, um, and, and thank you again. But um, I, w- I wanted to ask you this, like how, I, I might have went over this with Sarah, but I haven't went over with you yet. Like in your eyes, like how did this all start with Sarah? Can you take us into that and um, what you first suck out um, hypnosis for? Definitely. Um, originally, I've known Sarah for quite a long time. We have children that are the same ages and I was a teacher at the school that her children and my children went to. So for years, we kind of just knew each other's on like the mommy circuit, really, of playgrounds and playdates. And we never really 
got into anything metaphysical. We never really talked too much about anything like that. I knew she was a hypnotist, but uh, she, I, I was under the understanding that she did hypnosis for smoking cessation and weight loss. I didn't know she did past life regression hypnosis or was into any of that kind of stuff. So I think the two of us had many, many years where we were around each other, but we had no idea like that she was working on that or, you know, any any kind of stuff. And I myself, I was never really that interested in stuff like past life regression hypnosis or the metaphysical. It just wasn't something that really called to me. I was more facts based. And yeah, like I remember Sarah telling me, I think you weren't, you didn't weren't even into extraterrestrials or anything at all. Like you didn't know anything about it, right? No, not really. I think I watched, I watched the X-Files when I was younger. And I think that's the furthest extent I've ever gone into like ET phenomena or anything like that. I didn't look at stuff online. I never researched anything. It was just something that, you know, I'd see on TV here and there, but nothing too often. Yeah, that, I think that's really interesting because when we draw conclusions to what we're getting in hypnosis, you know, like one of the questions I had prepared that I was going to ask you was because I've had um, quantum healing hypnosis sessions done myself and I put them on my channel for people to see. And I was like 50-50 on mine, but I was, I, I came up, but when I died in the hypnosis session, it felt real in this life. So that's what made me come to the final conclusion that this was something real that happened to me. Like this was definitely a past life. Did you kind of feel the same way? It did. At first it didn't feel like they were my lives, but I was seeing something and I, I wasn't sure how those images were coming into my mind. You know, I really went very rational with it all and tried to push a lot of it away. But the more, QHHT sessions I did with Sarah, the stronger these impressions and this information came through me. And I would listen to the recordings afterwards and I couldn't actually believe it was me talking, to be honest. It was it was a lot of it I would forget when I would wake up and well not wake up, but come out of the hypnotic state. And it was it was uh different for so me. Do you think a lot of this was coming from a channeled source or your higher self, would you say? Now that I know a bit better and I've been able to do more self-discovery and understand what's happened and what has happened to me over the last couple of years, I believe it's a higher extension of myself that I've been able to form up a very strong connection with now that I've been able to do it so often uh, with Sarah and through the QHHT process. So I think it's just, it's an extension of myself that's non-physical. Yeah, and I think uh, like a lot of the, the same conclusion. And I know you guys didn't know anything about like this kind of stuff, but like I think like a, a couple of things that you guys like draw drew conclusions on were also things that like Edgar Casey drew on about Atlantis. So it's giving us confirmations that like you know something definitely happened in humanity's past that we haven't been privy to, that we don't know about, and it, it definitely had maybe an impact on our lives, or maybe as to why we're maybe reincarnating here over and over again. You know what I mean? Yes, that's exactly how I felt when I kind of came out of um, just it being private between Sarah and I and, and deciding to make these books and to, to go out and to talk to people about it. I didn't know about Edgar Casey. I didn't know about all of these different connections. And now that I've started reading his books and reading about this stuff, it kind of it, it gives me like, it gives me goosebumps sometimes when I read it, just because I, I see the connections and it's, it's good. It's nothing I feel like I need to prove to anybody. I feel like it just reaffirms what I've learned about myself. And That's I think honestly how I feel too. I, I feel like that you're, you're, you're bringing confirmations to us. I mean, I know I'm, my name's typical skeptic on YouTube and I am a little bit skeptical, but I'm more open-minded and I'm more believing. And like, I, 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 
I know this is this is like this is what what it was. And what the proof of this was is that you had, and I think this is something that has to be discussed. The fact that you had a debilitating disease that when you first started going to Sarah, you had went through, I think, Hurricane Irma. And mm-hmm. you know, that could have been toxicity that caused this disease from Hurricane Irma. And um, you know, from listening to you from past interviews, I don't want to go off on a subtopic here, but it seems like you were a little bit disgruntled not disgruntled maybe that's not the right term but what but the way that your community might have been treated during hurricane armor is that is that fair to say definitely oh a hundred percent disgruntled i think is an understatement of where i was mentally physically and where my community was at that time we're actually approaching the the fifth anniversary of it in just a couple of days of when hurricane irma swept through the florida keys and literally it just leveled my whole island out um and that's not fair to you no, it, but at the same time, I, I realize now that I think we put ourselves in a lot of these positions because we need to grow in certain ways. And maybe we're living lives that are not suiting us in so many ways. And if we're not willing to recognize that, I think nature is willing to come and help us recognize it in so many different ways as well. So, And, and uh, if you think, if you look at Katrina, for example, and I'll just, I'll get back on the topic of esoteric stuff real quick, but I just want to go over this with you because you're a hurricane survivor. And, and I, I, I'm a, I live on the East Coast. I used to go surfing all the time. But, but to us, it was more like, a, like when there would be tropical storms that would come, we would go to the places that were, that were near there because they'd be getting that was the only time we got waves on the east coast you you probably know that so i would always go surf but like what what i was going to say was i remember when katrina hit new orleans and it was just disaster but one thing that i did see was i saw a lot of good samaritans coming out and helping their brothers and sisters like i think it brings out some of the nasty stuff in humanity but it also brings out maybe the good things too what do you think I think for anyone who survives a natural disaster and then has to face the challenge of rebuilding their life all over again, there is definitely some aspect of help that you will get. But to be honest, I had full insurance on my house and I found that the the most practical methods of planning for something like this were the ones that fell back on us and caused the most trouble that the insurance companies are definitely a bunch of scam artists and that there's a lot of organizations that have millions of dollars that come in to help. And you really don't see that help always trickle down to people. You see it kind of getting lost in the administration and the facilities sometimes. But I I kind of felt like we were just forgotten about down there, that people thought, well, it's just a a rich community. People don't need help. They'll figure this out. But we we weren't rich. We were barely, like myself, like most people in the Keys, were living paycheck to paycheck and working two to three jobs to support their families. So... I, I think that's how it is a lot in America. You know, I mean, you're, you're exactly right. Now, that's why I wanted to get I wanted to get that point across because I felt like I wanted to give you a little bit of props for what you not props. That's not a good word, but like I wanted to just kind of, kind of, I don't know what I'm trying to say. Like I'm, I wanted to just tell what you went through because I, I don't I don't think it was very fair that, that what you guys had to go through. But I digress. Like what you went away with was a bad um, illness, which when you went into the hypnosis sessions, you had some debilitating illness, which could have been from Irma, you know, maybe the stress and, you know, because stress can bring a lot of things on in our lives. But can you talk about what your illness was that took you when you went into hypnosis and you weren't even looking for it to heal during hypnosis, right? 
Definitely. I wasn't actually even looking for hypnosis. Uh, what happened was a few months after Hurricane Irma hit, so we're talking about two to three months after the, the main damage, my family was forced to live pretty much in a small trailer on our front lawn, surrounded by toxic debris. The county, the state of Florida did nothing to remove all of this debris that was now just building mold, rats, all kinds of disgusting stuff. Oh, my God. And the condition that I developed one morning, I woke up and I couldn't see out of my eye, out of just this right eye. And I have small children. I didn't know what was going on. So I immediately went and I saw an eye doctor. I went to the ER. I had all of MRIs, all kinds of things done. And what they told me was I had developed a condition and it's called pseudotumor cerebri. And it's uh, something they're still trying to figure out. They really don't know what causes it entirely but definitely stress, toxic factors. It could be other things as well, but there's still not a lot known about this, uh, this condition. And what it does is it takes the cerebrospinal fluid that surrounds your brain and protects it. It overproduces and it starts to create pockets of the cerebrospinal fluid that presses against your brain, like brain tumors. And it causes things like your vision to fail. It can cause stroke, uh, all kinds of, of, terrible issues that you really don't want to deal with as, you know, a mom in your thirties, who's trying to rebuild her life. And (laughs) it was the last thing I needed to hear at that point, as we were trying to rebuild our home, rebuild our businesses, get our kids to not be completely messed up from this whole experience. And on top of that, I wake up and I can't see anymore out of one eye. So it took a little while for things to kind of get better in my life, but that was definitely a low point. Yeah, but the hypnosis seemed to heal, and that's what I wanted to get into, and I think this is so important because a lot of times, you know, I, I think a lot of times, like, we have to rely on the health system to heal us, but in this case, this was a case where um, holistic practices actually worked. The hypnosis actually started to heal your condition, right? Can you talk about that? Sure. I traditionally treated my medical condition. I went to specialists at the University of Miami. I saw doctors in the Keys as well. I literally did as much as my insurance would allow me to do is trying to understand and treat it. I found that the pharmaceutical medications that I had taken were definitely not helping. In fact, they were making my body just fall apart. They were giving me kidney problems, things I had never had happen to me before all of a sudden with all this medication. So I was struggling to figure out how to just keep moving forward, not really being able to function as much as I needed to at that point. When I got a phone call from my friend, Sarah, who asked me one day if I would like to participate in a a little experiment that she's doing for her hypnosis classes. And I had no idea what QHHT was. I had no idea like that it could heal conditions. She didn't know I was sick at all because I didn't tell anybody because that's kind of how I lived my life. I was just kind of keeping everything to myself so everything wouldn't just get too much and fall apart. So it was just a coincidence. She needed a subject for a uh, her level three class for QHHT so she could be promoted to the next level. And she wanted her subject to be someone who wasn't going to pay, someone who was just going to be part of this experiment that she could film, present to her class. And that's where it all started. She pulled me in one day and we did a session. And by the end of that session, when I, it was almost three hours long, I could feel water just draining from behind my eye, like physical swelling and edema, just pulling back and going down. And that's amazing. I, I, I could start to see again. And it would, every time I would go see her, 
it would happen again and again. And then sometimes, you know, it would come back. It would definitely come back at different points if I didn't see her for a couple of weeks. But then the minute I would go back into these sessions with her, all of a sudden I'd feel that same draining feeling. And I would have this issue of like double vision for maybe a few minutes after our sessions, but it would clear up and I could see clearer than I could with, with my glasses on. So you, you think this is because when we're in, um, I, you know, I've done QHHT before, like, or I've, and I was the subject, right? I, 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 so I had it done to me. And I remember when I went into trance after I came out of trance and I wasn't in as long as you, I only was in for like an hour, but automatically I had to pee right away. Like when it was like, it was like when, and when, and when I went to the bathroom, I went a lot because I think that's our body removing toxins. Right. And I think maybe between that and the relaxation that like you're removing toxins and your body's relaxing, that it gives you that chance to heal. What are your thoughts? I completely agree. I had the same exact experience. And what I've really pulled from the whole thing is that I think when you're in that state, in that brainwave where you're accessing whatever it is you're accessing there, you have the ability to reset your patterns and your behaviors and the way your brain is telling things to function in your body. And when you get to that homeostasis in that in that hypnotic state, your body just starts to remove things that don't serve you anymore. The excess edema, the things that are just polluting your body just start to flow out of you. And I completely relate to your experience there. I, I think so too. I, that, so I, 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 th- I think hypnosis can definitely, obviously, and you're, you're, a tr- you're a testament to this, that it can definitely be healthy for us. Like, right. It's, I think it's, it's a, I mean, yeah, it's, it's pretty amazing. Now I wanted to move on to the, your actual experiences because your first life that you uncovered, it seemed like, well, let me ask you this. Like, uh, how do I want to sort of set these questions? Okay. The first life that you uncovered was a woman named Christy that was living in New York city, but she lived at the time of the seventies. And I think this is also really important because this was a time when women were a little bit more, dis- well, not a little bit, were he- heavily more discriminated against. And, you know, I, I think that this was an important lifetime to talk about because this woman was also trying to tell her story, right? If you could talk about that a little bit. Very much so. That was actually one of the first past lives. One of the first things that I saw when I was going into my session with Sarah was that I saw New York City from above and I saw the Brooklyn Bridge and I saw this red blinking light pulling me towards it. And I saw myself in another form throwing myself off the Brooklyn Bridge. And that was the end of that life. And I couldn't understand why I needed to see that or know that. I was just curious as to who I was in my past life. Like, just let's start with the last one. Let's go there and see where that went. And I was like, wow, why would I do that? You know, I've never really had, I've never had suicidal tendencies in this lifetime. What could have happened in that lifetime that was so bad that I needed to do that at such a young age too. I don't think I was 21 at the time in that past life when I passed. So I, I, kept going with my sessions. Sarah wanted to know more. I wanted to know more. And we found out that she, Christy, who I was in this past life, at a very young age, she had uncovered the same information that I began to understand about my past life in Atlantis and in Amun, which was uh, what many people call Lemuria as well. And everyone just kind of threw her into a nut house and called her crazy and said that she was just needing, you know, all kinds of psychological help. 
and it was just a huge mess. And she ended up being lobotomized just because she was consistent in her story, but people were not interested in taking on that kind of information. It was just too ahead of their time. It, it compromised the conditioning that they had been so accustomed to during that period in the 1970s. You know, it was just too much for people to want to take on. So she ended up escaping from, you know, a hospital and throwing herself off the bridge before they could continuously keep her in that system and keep her into that place. And what I understood was about five years later, I was born and I was born knowing that this was going to be a difficult life for me, but this was not going to be a life where I would repeat the same patterns from the same, from this past life that I had as Christy. And, you know, That's amazing. <laughs> you, you I, also I, gave me a, a, a bit, uh, I'm sorry. I, I wanted to tell you, you gave me a, a, a clue about more about my QHHT. I guess you have to go more than once because what, and when I did a, a session, I, I just did them for my channel and I did them for like a couple hours long, you know, and I died right away in, in when, in my, in my QHHT sessions, like, and mm-hmm. I've always wondered why I was like, why am I not seeing a life here like is that do you have to go more to like uncover is that kind of what you have to do I found that it was it was incredibly enhanced the more sessions I did I did find though that that initial session I did find that I, I began healing with my eye that that did happen on the initial onset of it and I did understand quite a bit about what I had been going there to understand. I just wanted to know, you know, who I was in my past life, this last most recent one. Let me understand that a little bit. But uh, Sarah required more than one session for this project she was working on. So we, we ended up doing quite a few of them. And by the time she handed her project in, she said, we shouldn't stop. We should keep going. We need to understand more. There's something important here. You may not realize it, but there is. And then she started getting more clients coming in with similar memories and the whole thing just started to become its own that that that's so awesome yeah that's that's oh my god that's i'm so glad you i'm so glad you said that because that's more confirmations because she was doing these uh, regressions or or qhht sessions on other people as well right and she was getting more confirmations that uh, kind of validated what you were saying right Definitely. And and when you go into QHHT sessions, there's really no direction. You know, you don't start it off and they say, well, go to your past life in Atlantis. It's you're literally taken to a cloud that, you know, you're counted down most of the time to a cloud like place. And then your your subconscious is told, bring us where we need to go. And that's what was coming out of people as well. And it was it was um, it was hard to honestly it, it was hard to understand for me for a while. I think I didn't want to understand. I didn't want to know it. As as I began to hear more and more about other people's experiences, it became its own thing. And it, it's something, you know, I, I really, <laughs> I didn't have like a, a handbook for understanding like time and space and this continuum and how this was all being done. So at first I might've fought it a bit more, but now I've really come to terms with it. And I, I see it for what it is in my life and I'm glad it happened. All of it. It's a lot to take in at first when you're not exposed to this information, right? Completely. It really is. I wasn't prepared for something like that. I didn't know what it was going to be. And it's, it's everything. It's, it's who you really are. It's, it's who your true connections are to how you're connected to the universe. Like you want to know the basic 
understanding like why are we all here what is this all about i understood that within the first like four sessions of doing qhht and then it's it's like your mind evolves past it you start to see what it is and how you relate to it and you can you, you just become unstoppable in your own life that's amazing so what, what can you tell the fans so i don't want to tell the whole book but like can you tell the fans a, a little bit about how you started to piece together this information like i think in your first uh a regression you were you were in a ufo crash or you were you were piloting a ufo and it crashed and that ended up being the uh uh i'll let you tell it i'm sorry I, I don't... Oh, no, no, that's fine i'll definitely the commander i think is who you're talking about right yes so that was another lifetime that came across and i think either the first or the second session it was in those first those first early early days and the commander that was a huge surprise to me i saw this this being that i was i was transporting people on a ship and we were coming into earth into our our final destination and i understood we were on a colonizing mission that we were highly advanced beings and that the people that we were going to meet were beings that we had genetically sprinkled many generations before down onto this land and that we had come back now to move to the next level of evolution in their genetic, you know, in their DNA. And we were here to kind of fine tune them, to bring them to the next level and to help enhance their societies with more technology. So that way they could be safer, healthier, happier. And and do we know what kind of alien race this was? Would they, would we say they were like Pleiadians or what would you say they were? I, I would say that's, pro- I don't know if I would go with white, but I think that I, I saw more of like an iridescence to their skin. And that the problem I felt that they had coming to earth was something with that skin as well, that they could not absorb a certain um, level of ultraviolet ray from the sun. And that was why they were here to kind of create hybrid children with the people who had already developed. It was to to kind of preserve the the race of people that were coming or the race of beings that were coming to this planet and to kind of see if they could change that in their their cellular like DNA and make it so that they could or their offspring and their future descendants would be able to handle the sun. And, and then, like, when did you guys start putting together that this was Atlantis or Lemuria? Or did you not know? Or like, when did it like start all clicking or did it take a while or it did actually names were the last things that I get. I couldn't even tell you what my name was in most of those lifetimes, just because I, I don't think there. here's the thing. I don't think there's a lot of importance in the structural names that we create while we're here on, on our missions, but we understand the energetic feel to these places and the energetic memory of these places. And I don't really find names to be all that important myself, but I, I, definitely see that people can connect and relate when you mention a certain name and that was what came to us in our later sessions was that this is this one specific area is a place that's known as Amun, Mu, Lemuria. It was in the Pacific and it's gone and then this other place you could call it Atlantis, Poseidon, whatever you think is going to suit you in your memories of it and that place was in this body of water and it's no longer there and it was by two separate accidents or Two separate events, let's call it that. But, but they were of the same ilk, though, right? They were from this. They were the same people, but separated yeah. over time, which made them adversarial. Correct? 
Very much so. And it also caused them to look a bit different, develop a bit different. The uh, ones in the Pacific grew to be more spiritually inclined, more peaceful, very much in tuned with their inner self. They had no issues with health. Uh, they were very, very healthy. They had a protection on the island, actually, that protected them from disease. And they grew and, and prospered because of this way that they ran their society. And it was based off of matriarchal society as well that passed a, a power from these original uh, ancestors from the stars, you know, these original visitors, these beings who came. And there was a way of keeping the power strong within the women who ran this, this group of islands. And it was mainly, a, a what is that called? Like a process of artificial insemination that would allow them to continue keeping a very strong line and ruling everyone. Whereas Atlantis developed a bit differently. I remember in my earliest memories of uh, my past life of being and learning about Atlantis was that they had a very long tumultuous history of slavery, of overthrowing their, uh, their slavers, of really trying to find who they are. And in that, they end up destroying themselves because they get to a point where they are so complacent in their lives that they have nothing left to do, but kind of technologically advance themselves and then just compete to the point where they can no longer sustain it. So it was a bit different looking at both civilizations, but whatever you want to call it, it's like a flower by any other name, really. But you were a, 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 a like a princess, or, or the, the, I know names of men, but you were an important person, we'll say, in the yeah. society of Lemuria, right? And your name was Kala, correct? Correct. And, correct. And what was your mission as Kala, from what you can remember? My mission in that lifetime, well, what I thought my mission was in that lifetime was to go from being the daughter of the queen. And on my 25th birthday, I would ascend to the throne. I would uh, basically take over the country. My mother would take on a different kind of advisory role. And then my daughter would become the princess and we would just continue to be the spiritual advisors for these people. We could meditate and tap into a different kind of just some kind of celestial resource, I think, that would help guide our people. We could tell them when to plant crops, when to, you know, do certain things. And it, it was just very beneficial. It, it made us happier as, as a group of people to live this way and have that spiritual advice. So that was what I thought my life was about in that time. But I realized as I grew in that lifetime and I got older that it wasn't all that it was supposed to be, that there were many things that I was going to have to compromise in my life in order to live that role, which I'm sure anyone who goes into a position of power has to deal with. You really have to sacrifice yourself to be in that role. And I chose to continue, even though I had the opportunity to leave at one point with someone I loved very much. And I didn't. And one day visitors came to our kingdom asking for information about the red crystals we had there that we were uh, we used to meditate to receive this information. And everything just went wrong from that visitation. That was when we realized we had been watched for a very long time, that these people had been through a very difficult virus and they were looking for answers and a way to cure this virus. And no matter how hard we meditated with them and tried to find a different answer, they just wanted to take these crystals from us. And, and would you say these crystals were like a power source or like it was a spiritual power source because they were using, this is later on, but they were using hybrid children. Atlantis was right. They were using hybrid children who were psychically advanced to kind of like, um, 
uh, use the power of the crystals for them, right? Very much so. That is what I saw in my later years in that lifetime after I was taken as a political prisoner to Atlantis to help them understand these red crystals. When I refused to do it, they threw me into a jail cell and kind of just forgot about me for about 60 years. And in the meantime, they learned how to develop the technology from these crystals. And uh, also they were using these hybrid children that could manipulate the energy from these crystals to create an energy form that really would give someone ultimate power. It was like the 1% of Atlantis society that was able to receive this energy and it kept them youthful, it kept them healthy. And it also kind of made them go a bit crazy and become a bit evil. So it, it was not really the most beneficial energy to, to experience. What's, what I find amazing about this book, and, and, and I, I, this is why I think everybody should go out and get it because and I'm not doing a sales pitch for you. I'm just I'm being honest. I love the book, but I, there's a lot of parallels between what's going on currently in our world today and in this book. I think it's just it's so fascinating with this information. Do you feel this way, too? A hundred percent. I think that's one of the reasons that the information came to us when it came to us is that I think we are heading into something in our society that we're really not prepared for. And we have so many things distracting us with with the illnesses and the pandemic and, and just with, you know, World War Three on the brink at this point that I think it's important to remember things like this because it is you know, those who don't learn from history are doomed to repeat the past over and over and over again. How many times are we going to do it over and over again before there's nothing left? So I think that's one of the biggest things I got out of it was yeah, go but, live your yeah, life. <laughs> uh, but, can I ask you this? Were we like besides the Atlantis reset, I'll call it a reset or what? I'm not sure if it was, was it more of a, a reset or an accident? Would you say, or, or just a total destruction that, that, that kind of uh, ended their society and Lemuria society. And then, um, like, was there, what, what, what was the, the final thing that kind of did everything in? I, I call both of the civilization's ends to be cataclysmic resets, 100%. I love the word reset. It came across, came across very strongly in my sessions that these are resets that they need to do in order to move us forward out of these this, this karmic mess that we create with things. And that the end of Lemuria, what we saw was these visitors detonating these massive bombs in the water underneath Lemuria, all, all around the, you know, the continent, the, the islands that we lived on, and just wiping us out with these gigantic waves that just came in with such force and just ripped everything apart and, and literally covered the islands in water so that they were uninhabitable for quite some time. Do you think the ETs do this? Do you think they, they, cause I was, I've been looking into history and alternative history for a while. And I just want to get your opinion. Do you think that there's occasional resets? It seems like there is where it seems like society is historically uh, or technologically advanced, or maybe like you said, we create these karmic cycles that we're, we get stuck in and then there's a reset and then there's another reset and this is why we're like a species with amnesia we we can't we don't have a memory because we've been reset so many times do you think that's possible I completely find that to be very possible. In fact, I'm actually writing about that in my follow-up in my second book now for, you know, towards uh, this whole concept. And I've seen so many more issues of, not issues, but instances of being reset in our history through further sessions with Sarah that 
it's it's alarming to see, but at the same time, it also makes perfect sense when you're in your session. You know, as a human, you look at it and you you see the 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 loss of life and the humanity and the destruction, and you go, why could we ever want that? But then, you know, look at the mindset of some of these civilizations before they happen, and and you start to wonder, like maybe this was not the right track for them to be on. You know, I, I don't want to sit there and downplay anyone who's ever been killed in a, in a storm or killed in a natural disaster. That's the loss of life is horrific. But I found within my own experience and the experiences I've seen in my own past lives that these things happen for a very specific reason. And it's because we're just heading down the wrong road and we're destroying each other and we're killing each other. And we have no connection left back to that higher source we've cut ourselves off from this bigger understanding of why we're here and we just need to go back to square one and start again i, I think that's i think i could tell you i couldn't i couldn't agree more so is this why you chose to live off go kind of live off grid and kind of move to the big island and like kind of restart your life there I had like the weirdest set of coincidences or events. Well, there are no coincidences. I had something put into motion after I published my book. And I think it was the act of publishing it and putting it out there that really freed me from the life that I was living in the Florida Keys. I was never really happy there. And then a giant wave coming through and destroying my home and life was more than enough for me to start thinking, maybe we need to be somewhere else. And and one day my my husband, my partner came to me and he said, listen, you know, we're going to do this hurricane again and we're going to do it again. And I said, I know. And I said, I don't want to do it. And he said, well, I got offered a position that we could possibly move out to Hawaii and we can start over again out there. And, you know, this time we'll build the house, you know, up on a <laughs> as far up the mountain as we can go. And we don't have to worry about the hurricane coming in. We just got to worry about the lava and we can outrun lava. You can't outrun the hurricane. So yeah bless you i mean i'm not religious but i i can't think of the word i'm just so happy that you were able to restart your life and 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 better things came out of that tragedy but like i i'm so interested in qhht now like because like but through this conversation that we just had you gave me a better understanding of what what my sessions might have meant because like I said, like I, I did them, but every time I did them, it was only for like an hour or two. And mm-hmm. I, I said, like, I went right to a death phase every time I didn't get a chance to explore a life. So you have me wanting to go explore more QHHT. And I think that everybody should explore QHHT and do, uh, I mean, like to see like what, what it opens up for them. Right. I mean, it's, it's a healing, it's spiritual advancement. What, what do you think? I think those who are ready to understand themselves when they go to these sessions, they'll begin to see themselves. And those who go to this session wanting to prove the theory wrong and do and and just thinks like this isn't going to work for me, it's it's not. It, you're going to have a you're going to have a bit of a disappointing experience. Your mindset going into it is everything. Just to keep an open mind as you walk through the door to try the session out. And the most important thing I found in understanding my past lives of all of it was re-listening to the recording that Sarah would give me. I've re-listened to my recordings probably 20, 30 times for each session. And I've probably done, I, I did sessions with Sarah for almost three years, maybe one a week. So it's very important. There is something that happens when you re-listen to your own voice and you force yourself to listen through it and you take notes while you're listening and you'll start to see things just 
expand. You'll start to put the puzzle pieces together. Like I wasn't given this information in the um, the chronological order that you read it in my book. I received it all over the place. And it was only when I started writing everything down from my sessions that I was able to kind of cut and paste and see, oh no, but that goes with this. And that goes with that. And that goes with this. And then when you read it through, it's a whole story. So you know, they didn't make it easy. They really did give me a puzzle, but I respect it more now because I think they knew I needed that challenge to understand it better. If it had just been given to me in some chronological order, I would have been like, this is crazy. Like, this isn't real, whatever. But when I really did start to put it all together, it blew my mind that this is amazing. Can I ask you a question? Did you do the Sphinx with her too? Did you, were you the one who found the answers to the Sphinx or was that someone else? No, that was me too. I'm in the Sphinx as well. Most of my, uh, I think a majority of that book is some of uh, my sessions with Sarah too. What's so, the, I can't that, remember what we talked about. Like what's going on under the Sphinx? Like, is it, there's like some kind of technology there, right? I think what is under there is some kind of like, if, if you picture, you know, like some mega database that Google's got somewhere that's scoring all of our information. I think there's something similar with an advanced form of alien technology that's been there longer than anyone could ever remember that stores the information from where we came from. And also the like, it can store the information of what's happened since we've come here. And since like we've Akashic records, have you ever heard of yeah. the Akashic records? And I have, I've recently, like, I've become more familiar with them now. And I do think that there is a form of technology there that pulls from around us and can help us. Re- and, and it keeps that information so that it's stored for some point in the future. Because they're really weird about, they don't want to like unveil what's under there. You know what I mean? So I'm like, why, why would they not want to like, tell, you know, well, that's the powers that be. They never want to tell us anything that'll benefit us. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Why, why would they like what benefit do they have to rallying up the workforce that we need to keep all our economies going forward? It's, it's very important that they keep most people on a certain level and that they never spiritually advance or understand bigger concepts because then you lose, you lose the, the worker bee mentality. Exactly. Exactly. I totally agree. I totally agree. Now, um, before we go, I just wanted you to tell, well, I want, tell the audience a little bit about your new book that you're going to be writing. Definitely. I'm almost done with it, actually. I'm really excited. It should be done hopefully by um, October. And I call it the gift of the stars. And while in my first book in Child of the Universe, I detail the life of Kala, uh, Princess of Amun or Queen of Amun. And I tell you all about her life from the early days until the finality of it. I do the same now for Christy, who was the first the person I was in my past life. And I start in the beginning of her life and I'm telling you all the way up until the day she jumps off the bridge, basically what led her to that point, what she had understood and also what deeper connections she truly holds to these earlier visitors from the stars that came. She begins to understand and pull these connections together and it goes, it answers a lot of questions I left open-ended in the first book too. I took it first. I wanted to know where Devika went. I wanted to know, you know, where, where all, where is it all going? Where did it all go? And what was the next step? And I know a lot of people were curious about Mount Shasta and underground cities. I went into all of that and I talked more about that in this book and what was the purpose of having these resets during the global ice age and, Ooh, there's so much. That's so cool. I can't wait for it to come out. Like, and by the way, thank you for signing this book. I, 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 I you that kind of stuff. So like, that's really cool. But um, I, yeah, I don't have any other questions. I just want to thank you again for doing this. And if you could tell the uh, people, if you have a website, your website and, and uh, where to find the book. 
Thank you. Definitely. My website is JLF Sullivan, my name, uh, .com. You can find it just, you know, typing it in. You can Google it as well. It'll pop up pretty quickly. And um, my book is available on Amazon right now. So if you go on Amazon and you just type in JLF Sullivan or you type in Child of the Universe, it pops right up and you can pick it up there. The website's got a lot more information. I do a blog with different things that I keep people updated on and just different developments and understandings. And, you know, I just try to be a bit more present for people with that kind of space because I've gotten so much fan mail from people who tell me that, you know, they, they the book was like something that was alive for them, that they related to it. It helped them understand these memories. And now that they've understood what this was in this in that lifetime, in this lifetime, they're able to put certain things at peace and move on and live a more fulfilled, happier, peaceful life. And I just try to keep that present for everyone in all my social media. Like you could be, this is the most important life you have. This is it. Like, that's why you're having these memories. That's why all this is becoming a part of your understanding. It's because in this lifetime, you have something very important you need to accomplish. And though it may not be clear right now, if you get the right understanding and you begin to see your story reflected in other people, you can really begin to understand who you truly are. And I think there's, it's, we're, we're, we're such a complex group of beings. I think we really need that right now and in, in where we are. I agree. And that was very beautifully said, by the way. And, and that, that was, I, I, I think we, could, we should end on that. That was very well said. And well, th- thank you very much. This was awesome. My pleasure. I appreciate you having me on and you reading the books and just thank you so much for it. Yeah, and I'll send you a link when I post it. Wonderful. I'll be looking forward to it. I'll throw it all up and hopefully we'll uh, we'll get a little more, get more people aware of what's out there for them. Exactly. All right, have a good night. You too. Thank you, Robert. Nice to meet you.